0: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Good morning, Diary! It's time to wake up! It's 5, and we're live. Oh, is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show, your early morning shot of sports on 95.7 The Game. Come on! Yes, sir. Good morning, family. Stephen Langford dinner on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game, leading you up until 6 o'clock as the morning roast will take you... Up until 10. We got a lot to talk about today on the show. Even though it is the All-Star break, there is a lot to go around. First off, just want to give an update on everything that happened with the NFL yesterday because the franchise, de- uh, franchise tag deadline did hit. So we'll go for that. Tim Kawakami had an interesting article on the Athletic with uh, his predictions for the 49ers this upcoming offseason. and uh, there are a couple of uh, there are a couple of sections that he wrote. I feel like uh, as 49er fans, you'd be interested to hear. So that'll be coming up. There's a suggestion as to how to alleviate the three point shot in the NBA which I also want to get to cuz Kevin Ardovitz wrote an article on uh, ESPN as well and and he had some interesting thoughts on and and some stats as well on just the on the influx of three-pointers and and he wrote something which I feel uh, we we don't really talk about as often as we need to so that'll be coming up plus what is one sports argument sports take that someone is giving that a group of people are talking about that you just feel like you need to storm out of, that you just can't take anymore, because something happened yesterday in the English news, which is uh, too funny, and I will get to that a little later on in the program. So we got a lot to get to, but I also wanted to start off with this, and I know we're in the Bay Area. I know a lot of you most likely aren't soccer fans, but I do feel like you will appreciate this call But uh, FC Porto, we're going up against Juventus. And Juventus, of course, have star player Cristiano Ronaldo, the superstar. And FC Porto weren't favored to win in this Champions League uh, League round. And by the way, the quarterfinals are coming up after this round of 16. And if you're a soccer fan or a casual one who just likes watching the World Cup, well, your best bet to get anything close to that is is in the Champions League. So as the quarterfinal and the semi and the championship come up, I highly recommend you check it out if you have some free time. But uh, listen to this call. This was FC Porto hitting the shot that would prove overall for them to beat Juventus in the round of 16. Listen to this call. It's great. Off his long run. Sergio Oliveira! Short Juve disbelieving, Chesney beaten, Porto looking up at the stars. A fizzing hit through the wall and through the palm of Wojciech Chesney, and Porto are five minutes out from the quarter finals. And so, in the two matchups, in the two legs that they both play together, whoever has the most total goal- goals after those two legs wins. But it was tied uh, at the end; they were tied, uh, I believe, four-four in terms of total goals for the aggregate. But uh, uh, but FC Porto, after all, had scored more goals away. And if you score more away goals then the tie goes to that team. So FC Porto uh coming out on top there. That was pretty cool. 957 9570 is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in on anything today. But just a couple of updates from the NFL. Chris Godwin and Allen Robinson. Chris Godwin the wide receiver for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Allen Robinson the wide receiver for the Bears. We're both given the franchise tag, while Kenny Galladay, the wide receiver from the Lions, did not get the tag and is expected to be a free agent, and the Steelers aren't going to use their uh, their tag on anybody. That was reported from Diana Rossini, so that means Juju Smith-Schuster will not be getting signed, uh, at least will not be getting franchise tagged, and will most likely test free agency to see if he can get a long-term deal. Safety Marcus Williams from New Orleans, as well as Marcus May from the New York Jets. They were both uh, slapped with the franchise tag. And then Taylor Moten from Carolina, he's a right tackle and left tackle. Cam Robinson, as well as offensive guard Brandon Scher from the Washington football team. They were all tagged with the franchise tag as well. So a couple of uh, updates there for you regarding the NFL. But I did want to get to a couple of other things as well. So Tim Kawakami wrote an interesting article regarding his 49ers predictions. And, and again, it was very well thought out. And, and, you know, again, these are just predictions. It's not saying that these are going to happen. Um, but he did list them off one through seven. And number one, which I found interesting, was they would sign Trent Williams to a deal this year. And he said it would be worth four years, $95 million. And this is from Kawakami, and he makes an excellent point here. Also, if they lose Williams, they'd almost certainly have to use their first-round pick on a tackle. There's no way to know if a rookie tackle will hold up in 2021 in a loaded NFC West, and I believe the 49ers would much rather use that pick on another position anyway. And then he goes on later to mention that if you have... George Kittle, who's already signed to a contract extension, then you sign Fred Warner to a long-term deal at some point in the next couple of years, and you also have Trent Williams to a long-term deal, you got yourself a good core on both sides of the ball. And for me, I feel like in this draft, you need you absolutely need to draft a quarterback in the first round if the draft is where you're looking for your franchise guy. You, you, you can't, if, 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 the, if Kyle Shanahan feels that Jimmy Garoppolo is the starter in 2021, but isn't the franchise quarterback, then that's understandable because I don't know if 49er fans, you're cool with running it back with Jimmy in 2021. A lot of 49er fans are kind of term with that terms with that, I think. Because, you know, it doesn't look like Deshaun Watson. The talks have heated up at all. Who knows what's going to happen in Houston? It just feels like both sides at this point are just going back and forth. Houston doesn't want to trade him. He wants to be traded from Houston. It it, it feels like we're really heading to a situation where Deshaun Watson is just heading for maybe a a, a, a holdout situation, which is what it feels like it's going to be. Not Not entirely sure. Uh, Sam Darnold to the 49ers, still absolutely a possibility. Um, And I wouldn't hate that. I would not hate that. I think Sam Darnold still has a lot to prove. And think think of it like this. If you are a, if you're a, let's just say you're a Warrior fan, right? And, you know, you're waiting on James Wiseman and you are saying that, look, why do we have to give up on a young player so easily? Why don't we just have to give him some time? And I understand Sam Darnold's not necessarily as young as James Wiseman. He's not 19 years old. But he was also thrusted into the league, into a dysfunctional organization who didn't know how to develop their quarterback. And I feel like he still has a lot of talent. And, I mean, you just... That throw that he made to Braxton Berrios when the 49ers beat the Jets. I know it was in garbage time, but still on the run to his left, throwing across his body and throwing a dart to Berrios, um, he's done that on multiple occasions and not just in the 49er game. I think that there's a lot more where that comes from if you just happen to if you just manage to give the guy some protection and some good coaching. But when Kawakami mentioned that if they do lose Williams and you got to draft a tackle in the first round, then you are essentially putting yourself out of the running from getting a franchise type of quarterback when there are a ton going in the first round. So, in my opinion, if you can get this deal done with Trent Williams, you do it. You overpay for the guy. I know he's a he, he might be a, a little bit. Past his prime or on the tail end of his prime right now. But remember, he took the year off and didn't have any training camp to work with. Really just went right into the NFL season. And we saw it in the Cardinals game when he absolutely destroyed that safety when he was coming off the edge and he got to the second level. I don't know if you remember that, but that video went viral and it's like, okay. This dude hasn't really missed a beat. So give him an off season where he's fully trained and then also give him a training camp as well. I think Trent Williams could be really good and I think he'd be worth it to overpay because left tackles like that, um, I believe that he can be a Hall of Fame type of left tackle when he continues his career. So I think giving him a big deal, especially if Kawakami mentions they'd almost certainly have to use that first-round pick on a tackle, you do it. He also mentions... You want to add Jacoby Brissett as the backup veteran quarterback, and as far as the veteran quarterbacks go, the ones that have been brought up, whether it's you know Tyrod Taylor or excuse me, Terod Taylor, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Andy Dalton, none of those guys, those guys' names for me. I mean, Terod Taylor has some intrigue there because he's a good leader and and we know that he was supposed to be the starter at L.A. until that unfortunate incident happened when he got the the puncture in his lung when he wasn't supposed to, and Justin Herbert came in uh, uh, basically on call for that game. But Terod Taylor was meant to be a starter with the Chargers. If you can get him or if you can get... Jacoby Brissett as well. I wouldn't be mad at either of those. I think they'd be very good backups to Jimmy Garoppolo and would be good. um, Just would be, I feel like they'd be upgrades over what you had with Nick Mullins as the backup, as well as CJ Beathard, Um, Andy Dalton and Ryan Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick has that Fitz magic, and, you know, he's he's a fun player to watch. But overall, I feel like uh, if anyone has the upside as a veteran backup, Jacoby Brissett is there, and Kawakami's mentioning that you could get him for a year's worth of a deal uh, that's worth $4.5 million. But there is one that I do feel like was a little bit questionable, and it's one that is a possibility for sure. This is from Kawakami's article in The Athletic. Tim Kawakami, I'd recommend you check it out, but. He mentions sign Jason Verrett to a new deal, but they can't pay Kyle Juszczyk. And Kyle Juszczyk, currently an unrestricted free agent, and with the lack of fullbacks that there are, seeing how the 49ers set the market with them, I wouldn't be surprised if another team wants to set the market with them and they realize, hey, we need a fullback to help out in our run game. And I wouldn't be surprised if any of these other teams uh who don't have much of a need to sign guys in free agency, I wouldn't be surprised if these teams that run a similar scheme to the uh to the to the 49ers, say, I mean, look no further than possibly, you know, the Vikings or the Browns. There are other teams that could use fullbacks, uh, especially ones like Kyle Yostchek. So if you can't pay him, though, and you you pay Verrett, I'm good with that. But I do think losing Kyle Juszczyk would be a bigger blow than a lot of 49er fans realize because of how impactful he can be on the run game. And more than ever this year, not sure how Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be after these two high ankle sprains that he suffered in this last season. You're gonna need to be you're gonna need the run game to be as effective as ever so that you can establish it while also using the play action as a sort of threat and other teams get fooled because uh, you know, maybe it's just bias. maybe it's because I've watched the 49ers so closely uh, in these past few years. um but watching them and seeing how easily the defense gets fooled. By Kyle Shanahan's play action system, and this even goes back to before they were a Super Bowl team. I mean, it's 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 unlike something that you really see. So uh, with a lot of other teams, so I think that keeping Juszczyk, um would be a little bit more of a priority uh, than Verrett and you know. And maybe you sign another cornerback to a deal, or you could possibly sign both. Who knows what the value is with Verrett, uh, seeing that he played his uh, first full season in a while with the 49ers last year and had a bit of a comeback season. But uh going to be interesting to see what they do. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero 957 9570 is the text line and the phone number. Bruce Feldman, longtime college football reporter for Fox Sports with the number 12 pick. He has the 49ers taking who? That's coming up next. Stephen Langford in on the pregame show, 95 7 The Game. Now back to the pregame show on 95 7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero is the text line and the phone number if you'll want to weigh in on anything today. In about 15 minutes, want to have a fun little discussion. You know here on the pregame show that kind of like to create out-of-the-box segments and ones that involve you. And I need your interaction with this. And the question is going to be if you're You know, hanging out with a group, right? Whether it be your friends, family, whoever it is. And you're hanging out and they're all giving this sports take that you just can't stand. And you want to storm out of a room because of it. What is that one take for you what is that one discussion where you're just like you know what? i'm out i'm out i'm done with this i don't even want to be here this isn't even worth arguing about 888 uh, 957 is the text line and the phone number if you saw what happened in the news yesterday i think you'll know where i'm going with it um but uh <laughs> oh man i mean i can't believe what i saw yesterday and I can't wait to play that sound for you it's going to be hilarious before we get to bruce feldman Long-time college football reporter for Fox Sports. Um, he put out his first mock draft yesterday, and he had an interesting pick uh, for the 49ers with the 12th overall. But just to give you an update on what happened yesterday uh, in spring training, uh, the Giants lost big time, and the winning pitcher, they lost to the Brewers, and uh, they lost 13-7. to But the pitcher that they lost to, pretty Interesting. Or the guy who got the W, at least, the reliever who got the W who was set up for it. Phil Bickford. Phil Bickford. First round pick in 2015. And he was traded with Andrew Susak so that they could get uh so that they could get Will Smith. I don't know if anyone remembers that. Um, but yeah, in 2015. They drafted Phil Bickford, was expected to be a pretty good pitcher for the Giants, and then they just traded him away, uh, along with Andrew Susek as well. And they got Will Smith out of it, and, and quite frankly, I think they won that deal uh, because Phil Bickford looks like he's still trying to make this Brewers team, but that's pretty interesting. And then uh, with the A's yesterday, uh, they lost from a walk-off grand slam in the bottom of the seventh, uh, losing 9-8. to eight. Now, if, look, I mean, I mean if... These games weren't going seven innings. Uh, who knows what would have happened? And you know, it is spring training after all. So who really who who really cares? And Rafael Ortega was the one who hit the grand slam. And um, you know, I mean, what can you do about it? It's spring training. I mean, who, I mean, it doesn't matter in the end. Uh, but look. I think we're at that point now uh, where the regular season is going to be upon us uh, relatively soon. and We're just counting down the days, and I can guarantee you um, A's fans just can't wait to get that going. While Giants fans are going to be screaming for Elliot Ramos to be brought up uh, to the big leagues. But I don't think you need to rush him. I don't think you need to rush him. He just hit another home run yesterday. Um, of course, he had two on Sunday, and uh, he's... Hitting pretty damn well uh, in spring training right now. So uh, uh, that's what's going on with baseball. But Bruce Feldman, longtime college football reporter for Fox Sports. He came out with his first mock draft, and he has the 49ers taking. And let me find the drum roll. I need to be more professional with that. He has the 49ers Take an offensive lineman, Rashawn Slater, out of Northwestern. Ooh. Now, the interesting part with Feldman is he's very well-connected, right? He's been, in, he's been in the business for so long, and the way that he did this and the way that he wrote out his mock draft was he used coaching intel with every single description. You remember how yesterday we were talking about Kevin O'Connor's power rankings? And, you know, anyone can give a power ranking with a little description after it, um, with not much there. But Kevin O'Connor, the reason we like his power ranking so much for the ringer is because he'll normally have a tidbit, some sort of report, uh, because he's very plugged in. Well, Bruce Feldman is. And here's his coaching intel from Rashawn Slater he handled himself really well against Chase Young. I didn't think anyone held up as well against Young as Slater. He has really strong hands, is technically sound, and has excellent feet. He's also very stout and can get to the second level. I was really impressed. And that was from one of the coaches that he talked to regarding Rashawn Slater. Now this goes back to what we were talking about in that first segment because Tim Kawakami wrote his article from The Athletic mentioning that trent williams signing him to a long-term deal is going to be uh the move here a four-year for 95 million dollar deal is what he predicted um but i believe that it's absolutely something they need to get done as free agency is coming up um you know the legal tampering period is (laughs) i mean that's about what five days away and then uh and then Seven days later, on March 17th, on St. Paddy's Day, that's when they could start putting pen to paper and uh, free agents actually start getting signed because that's the start of the new league year. Um, But Kawakami mentioned that if they lose Williams, they'd almost certainly have to use their first-round pick on a tackle. And Bruce Feldman mentions that their first-round pick would be on, you guessed it, a tackle. And Rashawn Slater, look, I'm sure he's a good player. I'm not going to sit here and act like I've seen every single snap of Northwestern football, right? And when you hear that, when you hear he handled himself really well against Chase Young, I didn't think anyone held up as well against Young as Slater did. I I, I think that, like, okay, I mean, that's great, but, and, and he might be the best player available on the board. He might be the one who everyone's clamoring for, but... I think the 49ers, when it's all said and done, and, and that's who they'd be left with with that 12th overall pick. I think where I'm at is, and when you hear, when you see all these 12th picks, whenever they just don't create any sort of trades in mock drafts, they always leave the 12th pick and they always have them either drafting a cornerback or an offensive lineman, which is certainly a position of need. But I believe you absolutely need to trade up and get your guy now. Like, this is the window. This is the window where you need to get a franchise quarterback through this draft. Now, you can possibly, you know, wait a year, see how Jimmy does in 2021. Will he be accepting of just a short term deal with the Niners and just being that veteran quarterback? Kind of like. Ben Roethlisberger with the Steelers as you try and draft another one? I mean, I don't know. I think it could get dicey if you don't find your franchise guy in this first round. And I think you absolutely need to trade up, sacrifice whatever you need to sacrifice, whether it's picks. You got a lot of them this year, and I know how much John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan are coveting picks at this point because last year... They didn't have one until the fifth round. And I remember I remember uh, listening to John Lynch's uh, post-draft press conference from the first day or from day one, and he's like, well, guess we gotta <laughs> I guess we got to wait. I guess we got to wait three days so that we can pick again. Um, he seemed distraught about that, didn't like the fact that he didn't have any picks, but I think that it would be absolutely worth it, whatever it costs, for them to move up and try and get, you know, a Justin Fields, a Trey Lance, a Zach Wilson, whoever it may be. Hell, even Mac Jones. Because if they do do that, if they do move up in the draft, and they've um, and they've picked within that top ten, and they've gotten a quarterback, in the Morning Roast has just done an excellent job talking about this, and they've made great points when talking about the quarterback position. But at this point, with all the chatter, with all the talk, they're just saying, "Look, Kyle Shanahan, go get your guy, right?" And it, it, if he's your guy and you draft you get him, that's great. We'll we'll support you for it. And then we'll we'll criticize you down the line if it doesn't work out. But if they do move up in the draft and they manage to get a quarterback, I will think that it's a situation where Kyle Shanahan didn't move up for no reason. You know, it's it's clearly a move in which he saw who he wanted and he got him. Didn't wait till the 12th pick to see if he would go off the board early. Didn't want to make any moves. They went and got their guy. So when Bruce Feldman mentions this, That he has the 49ers taking Rashad Slater, an offensive lineman, out of Northwestern. One thing is, okay, maybe Kyle Shanahan didn't see his guy from any of these quarterbacks that are supposed to be drafted within the top 10. Or, and especially if they draft an offensive lineman, that means they didn't sign Trent Williams, which I'm just not a fan of. So if they do get an offensive lineman in the first round, I think there's a couple of underlying themes there. Uh, that uh, that we are going to be focusing on going forward. But triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in. But I asked this question, and we already got a few people on the text line here chiming in. But triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Now, if this segment is going to be fun, now I need to try and make it fun, and I've got a couple of my own. But if you don't interact. If you don't interact with me in this segment, it's not going to be as fun. And I'm trying to have fun at 535 in the morning. And look at that. Yeah, the 415 already knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. But the reason I'm asking this question, let's just say you're hanging out with some family, friends, whoever it is. It could be just a random group. Not not anymore because you're in a pandemic. But let's just use this hypothetical. Let's just say we're in some distant future where, you know, the pandemic's not a thing and we can actually hang out with people again. But let's just say you're hanging out with some friends, family, whoever. And they're talking sports. What is the one sports discussion that they can have that you're just going to, you, you, you're you done with it. You don't even want to hear anything about it. You're just going to storm out. If the discussion's being had, what is that sports discussion? What is that sports argument? 888-957-9570 is the text line and the phone number. I'll play the sound as to why I'm reacting to that uh, next and why I'm asking that this question. Plus, Kevin Arnovitz for ESPN wrote an interesting piece regarding the three-point line. In the headline, NBA insiders say all these threes are reaching a critical mass. And I do think that it's an interesting topic that pertains to the Golden State Warriors. So we'll get into all that next. Stephen Langford and on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Gotta let it ride. 888 957 9570 is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in. Oh, yeah, let it drop. All right. <sighs> Love that. So, I asked a question. And, and, and coming up, we're, we're not going to spend a ton of time on this, not going to spend the entire 20 minutes depending on how you react to this because I need your help. But triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. I asked the question before we went into the break. If you're hanging out, let's just, you know, say we're you know, let's just say the pandemic is uh, you know, let's hypothetically pretend that we're hanging out, you know, with other people, small groups, and let's just say there's a sports argument, sports discussion, whatever you want to call it, that's happening within that group. What is the one sports discussion that makes you just want to storm out of the room that you're just done? You can't even convince any of this group, like whatever you're talking about right now is stupid. You can't even you can't even do that because yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pierce Morgan, uh, Pierce Morgan, uh, yesterday on Good Morning Britain. He was very outspoken, you know, about that interview with Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. And whether you like it or not, whether you want to admit it or not, you know what's going on with that. And Pierce Morgan's been very outspoken about it, saying it's disrespectful and it's betraying the confidence of the royal family. It's betraying the confidence of the institution, blah, blah, blah. Sent out this incredibly long tweet. I don't even want to give it that much publicity. But. One of his co-workers, who I think was the weatherman on Good Morning Britain, was going off on Morgan. And I I put it down to the last 30 seconds, but this lasted for a lot longer than that. Uh, But listen to the sound. This is from Good Morning Britain. Pierce Morgan, not with Good Morning Britain anymore, after this moment. And I understand that you've got a personal relationship with Meghan Markle, or had one, and she cut you off. She's entitled to cut you off if oh. she wants to. Has she said anything about you since she cut you off? I don't think she has, no. but yet you continue to trash her. OK, I'm done with this. No, no, no. Sorry. No. Uh, abso- Sorry. Do you know what? That's pathetic. You can trash me, mate, but not my no, own No, no, no. See you later. I'm being... Su- Sorry. Can't this do this. This is absolutely <laughs> diabolical behaviour. <laughs> So what's one sports argument that a group could be having and you'll walk in and you just be like, no, nah, I'm out. I'm not even uh, like this isn't even a discussion at this point. When are you, Pierce Morgan, in this sort of sports argument situation? And I understand that you've got a personal relationship with Meghan Markle or had one and she cut you off. She's entitled to cut you off if she wants to. Has she said anything about you since she cut you off? I don't think she has, but yet you continue to trash her. Okay, I'm done with this. No, 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 <laughs> sorry. No, uh, abso- sorry. Do you know what? That's pathetic. You can trash me, mate, but not mine. No no, 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 no. I'm being su- sorry. Can't see <laughs> this. Absolutely diabolical behavior. Oh my goodness. Uh yeah. So what's that one sports argument that someone can be having that uh, that that you're just like, look? Okay, I'm done with this. No, 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 sorry. <laughs> bye, bye. See you later. I'm gone. Let me tell you one, and this is this is one that I have. I got two primary ones, and then the rest are kind of all all secondary to these two. Um, and we're getting some text here. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero is the text line and the phone number. If you want to weigh in, please please feel free. I, I'd love for you to interact here um, because if not can move on to what this Kevin Arnovitz piece has to say uh, regarding threes. I think it's very interesting. Uh, but I do want to know, what's that one sports argument that you just, that would make you walk out of a room and for the 9 5 Nothing in sports would make me act that immaturely. Okay, I'm done with this. No, no, no. Sorry. Bye-bye. See ya. I'm gone. Let me tell you one. And it's current. The current conversation right now. We're at the all-star break right first half of the season so much can happen in the second half with these next 35 36 games whatever whatever it may be for whichever team but i do think that right now if anyone is having a legitimate argument about who should win the mvp yep okay i'm done with this no 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 sorry Nope, not taking any of it into account right now it's been one half of the season. The next half, you could be having something completely different. For example, Jamal Murray, right? You look at the stats here, you look at the you look at the stats from his averages per game. He's averaging under 20 points per game with the Denver Nuggets. But lately in the past 12 games, he's averaging damn near 29 points a game. And that could continue in the second half of the season. That could thrust him up. Everyone's saying that Joel Embiid is the MVP favorite right now. Okay, great. But in the second half, everything could change. So for me, my number one sports discussion, argument, whatever it is. Okay, I'm done with this. No, 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 sorry. I'm out. I'm out. I don't know. Uh, who knows who's going to be the MVP? we got 36 more games left. I'm not going to try and determine who the MVP is right now. Okay, I'm done with this. No, no, no. Sorry. Bye. Bye. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero is the text line to the phone number if you want to weigh in. Uh, from the 415, Curry Slander is not allowed. I will flip a table and leave. Uh, from Drake in Mountain View, when there is an argument going on about whether wrestling is real or fake. I can agree there, Drake, because in the end, look, I don't watch it, but I also understand that it's entertainment. And if it is entertainment to you, then so be it. I'm not going to try and argue with you about whether it's, it's real or fake because the people who are just claiming, yeah, wrestling is fake. I don't watch it. Well, yeah, obviously, (laughs) obviously that's what makes it entertainment, right? So, you know, it's like you're just hating on people who want to watch it. Like, come on. I, I, I get that. I'm out on that. Uh, from the 559, people thinking LeBron is the GOAT. We got that from for a couple here. Uh, we got that from the 559 as well as uh, from the 707, the LeBron versus Jordan comparison. I'm with you. I'm with you because it, it depends on their, look, it, it depends on their contemporaries, Right. The eras that they're in, they are completely different. And you know, the the greatest of all time conversation, it's it's okay. I, I mean, you know, it's it's fun to have every once in a while. But it's different strokes for different folks, and you know, people have seen different players. Um, and and the funny part is, for example, I was going golfing one day and got paired up. Um, with this, this random other, uh, couple of guys and, you know, they heard that I worked in sports radio and, you know, they, they, but they immediately asked me, all right, who's the goat quarterback is Tom Brady your goat quarterback. I'm like, dude, just let me chip. <laughs> Can't you see here? I'm 40 yards out. I'm trying to get it closest to the pin. And you're asking me who the goat is. I mean, come on. I'm trying to pitch here. Okay. I'm done with this. No, no, no. Sorry. I'm out. I'm out. Oh, man. For the 415. Uh, But I would pull a Pierce. Yeah, that's, that's the better question. Who would pull a Pierce? What sports argument would make you pull a Pierce? But from the 415, I would pull a Pierce if someone defends the tuck rule call. Yeah, that one is tough. That one's tough because I'm just, for the tuck rule, for me, I am just, look, I get it. It's the rule, Um, but if anyone tries to defend that rule, then I'm just like, well, you didn't even know it was a rule beforehand. You could say it was a rule, but you didn't even know what the rule was, so it's just a ton of revisionist history. In that moment, in that time, I think everyone would have agreed it was a fumble, and, well, I mean, you do have a Raider fan here, so I'm a little bit, uh, how should I put it, biased, but... Look, I I do think that the Tuck rule conversation it gets old. It gets old. You're having the Tuck rule conversation? Okay, I'm done with this. No, no, no. Sorry. Bye. From the nine two five, I truly believe that soccer is the best sport in the world, and when people don't understand that or haven't experienced it, I just walk out of the room and walk away. And I get that nine two five, and you know, and and I think people are past the point of dissing. Soccer, I get it's not the most enjoyable sport, but when you have moments like what happened in the Champions League yesterday between FC Porto and Juventus. Off a long run. Sergio Oliveira! shorts I and mean, there's that other conversation just ronaldo or messi ronaldo or messi that's the worst one on social media social media we're so used to nba twitter nfl twitter not necessarily mlb twitter there's no no such thing except for a couple of people who will post a video of a home run uh, but with american sports twitter we argue about different things anytime you look at a soccer page you know whether it's ESPN FC, for example, you'll automatically get the 30,000 comments that are saying Ronaldo's better than Messi or Messi's better than Ronaldo, blah, blah, blah. Can't we just respect both of their games and understand that they are both the best at what they've done in this generation? I mean, come on. I'm out. I'm out on that. Okay, I'm done with this. No, 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 sorry. Bye. Bye from the 510. Yeah, the the national anthem and sports conversation, I'm out. That one, yeah, that one just becomes way too much. You know, that's why I didn't really bring up the, the 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 Dallas Mavericks thing um because when, you know, they didn't play the national anthem and no one noticed, I was just like, "Well, there you go." And and that whole conversation for me, that's from Brandon in Oakland. Yeah, I I can get it. I get that too. Uh from the five one oh, any Kobe Bryant slander, I'm walking out, period. Uh, some people are willfully blind to his realness. Uh from the four one five, I'm leaving the room when they say the Warriors couldn't have couldn't have picked up a free Asian or two and wouldn't have won any of those championships without KD. Yeah. I, see, that's what gets lost in all of it, is just whenever you're talking about uh, can they have won a championship uh, without KD, can they have won a championship without KD, maybe, maybe not with that roster, but you're going to tell me that they wouldn't have added some other piece besides KD in that process? You really don't think that they would have gone out there and tried to bolster that roster? It would have been completely different. But my number one, and this is... This is my number one. And this is like the thing I feel most strongly about. I try and look at, you know, both sides to every opinion that comes through. Right. But this one, I just can't get behind. It is the Barry Bonds isn't a Hall of Famer conversation. I just can't get behind it because it's just, you know, it's just hypocritical to me. You know, depending on who you're a fan of, because every single team was using the star players on every single team was using some sort of substance, right, to better who they were as a baseball player. Look, those numbers that he got, drawing walks, you don't get hand-eye coordination like that using performance enhancers. Sure, you get stronger, but my goodness, he is the GOAT. And any time they're having a conversation about he's not a Hall of Famer, doesn't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame, well then, hell, there are so many players who don't deserve to be a Hall of Famer if that is the case, if that's what you're going against Barry Bonds on. So that's the conversation personally. I'm out. I'm done. Okay, I'm done with this. No, 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 sorry. Bye. (laughs) See you later. Like I'm out on that. And we're getting a few here. We got uh where where was the one from the 760? Ooh, if anyone agrees with the one voter that Griffey shouldn't have been in the unanimous unanimous decision for the Hall of Fame, I'm gone. That's from Sean in Berkeley. Okay, I'm done with this. No, no, no sorry. Where's the other one from the 707? This is from Miller Time. Barry belongs in the Hall. Nobody can tell me different. It's just not worth it. It's just not worth it because both of us have very strong stances on both sides of it. If you don't believe Barry Bonds is a Hall of Famer, you feel very strongly about it. If you do feel like Barry Bonds is a Hall of Famer, then you feel very strongly about it. There is no convincing the other person. It's just going to become two dogs barking at each other. You know? like That's essentially what it comes down to. So if there is that argument, and I walk into a room and I see that. Okay, I'm done with this. No, 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 all right. Bye. <laughs> oh, man. What a great drop. Oh, man. Great. Love it. From the 574, Pete Rose not being in the Hall of Fame, too. Uh, From the 650, I mean, (laughs) from the 650, Tony LaRusso's in the Hall of Fame, on the Hall of Fame, and his teams were all juiced up. Oh, my goodness. I mean, it's interesting. From the 415, I'll also pull up here if someone said the Dubs still won't win a chip if Dre didn't get suspended. Look, and, and when it comes to that, I just think that at least Draymond performed in that final game came down to a shot from Kyrie Irving that he was able to just knock down in crunch time. It was one of the most clutch shots in NBA history. That's what it took to 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 help the Cavs win the 2016 finals. We point to Draymond being suspended as the primary reason, but um look, in the end there were some other factors as well. Speaking of, there's also one argument that I'm just like completely out on and you know in in one where it feels like there's no trying to solve anything from the discussion, but it's the analytics in baseball conversation. People who hate analytics are very um, set in their ways and and don't really want to uh, learn about it. And just you know, because it's resulted in the three true outcomes, it resulted in one of the worst moves ever made in in sports history. Uh, one of the worst coaching decisions when Kevin Cash decided to pull Blake Snell. For the Tampa Bay Rays going up against the Dodgers you know so people are out on it and speaking of analytics moving on to basketball Kevin Artovitz wrote an interesting piece and here's the headline NBA insiders say these threes are reaching a critical mass and the point of the article is essentially trying to say that with the three-pointer and the frequency at which, with their at with which they're shot, there will be no more improvement on the game other than it, it, on the offensive side of the ball. Other than, well, you just got to take more threes. Like that's what it's coming down to in the NBA. Because in the end, there is no strategy. Nothing you can do that will be better than or have more value excuse me than the three-pointer being worth more than a two-pointer you can't beat that and so what he's saying here is that uh, uh, and and he used um he used Dwayne Casey he used uh he used um oh excuse me I'm, I'm totally blanking on his name he used uh Daryl Morey who was once with the Rockets right who was essentially the first team to just start heaving up threes Uh, if you go back down the list of teams three-point attempts the Rockets are always first in every single category Uh, but here's the stat that Kevin Arnovitz pulled out including the playoffs 61 games in NBA history have featured at least 93 point attempts total 93 point attempts between each team 45 of those 61 have occurred since the start of last season the three-pointer now represents 39.4% of all field goal attempts. That's up 61% from the 2011 and 2012 season. And that number could keep growing. And I think a lot of fans, you know, some are out on just the three-pointer. They think it takes away uh, from the art of the game, you know, and, and how these, um, you know, how kids are always practicing the three-pointer and, and, and you know, not trying to... Just pull up from mid-range and, and try and make that sort of shot and, and you know practice their layups. Um, but here's something interesting that also came from the article. And they were proposing ways in which you can alleviate this three-pointer uh, situation. And He says, a more radical proposal from a longtime league power broker who wishes to remain anonymous unless the idea gains traction. But this would curb inflation by limiting the supply. This is interesting. Cap the amount of three-pointers a team can take over the course of a game. And the description? Over the first 42 minutes of the game, each team would have the chance to attempt 20 shots beyond the arc. That would count for three points. Only 20. Once an offense runs out of those 20 attempts, it can keep shooting from behind the line, but each subsequent make would count for only two points. Until... And you may be wondering, what, you just shoot 20 and you're done? Not necessarily. Until the six-minute mark of the fourth quarter, then three-point attempts would be allowed until the game is over because some of the best moments end on a three-pointer, and you need that. But essentially, they're saying until, and the reason he says over the first 42 minutes of the game, because it's until the final six. Now, just to put this into perspective, this season... Again, only 20 attempts is what a team would get. The Warriors have averaged 37 threes per game this year, and they haven't averaged less than 20 since the 2008-2009 season. Jamal Crawford led the team, averaging 5.9 threes per game. Uh, He led the team in attempts that year in 2008-2009. Steph alone has had 11 games this year where he shot 14 or more threes and he's averaged just under 12 a game this year. So I think that this could be fascinating if they end up doing this. Now, it's just a proposal, and it's it's not like anything is set in stone here, but Kevin Arnovitz is the senior writer for ESPN, very well plugged in, and uh, when a longtime league power broker recommends this, a cap on threes, if they do continue to go up and... Let's just say viewership for the NBA uh, for some reason goes down. I wouldn't be surprised if the NBA uh, wants to make a change. I-, I wouldn't be surprised if they try and do something there. Um, there's also the, these other proposals where you, you, know, you take away the corner three, um, but that really wouldn't matter to Steph. Steph's actually making a majority of these threes uh, from the wing these days. That's why – that's why he used the you know the money shot in the three-point contest from the wing. But putting a cap to 20 attempts per game, three-pointers as a team, until the final six minutes, I think that could be interesting, and I think it could change drastically the way that rosters are constructed and just in-game strategy as to how many shots you need to take. It would cause a big overreaction, but look... If threes are being made at damn near a 40% clip or a three points are attempted at a 40% clip overall, I think something's going to have to give here, you know? <laughs> I mean, but putting a cap at 20 attempts and then leaving it with the final six minutes, you could take as many as you want. I think that would uh, stir some interest for sure. All right. Coming up next, the morning roast with Kate Scott, Joe the Butcher Boy Shaski, and Nick Friedel is in for Bonte Hill yet again today. They got Darrell Wright coming up at 8.15. Fun little game of right or wrong. And then what would you do Wednesday? That's coming up around 7.30. Thanks so much for joining me, everyone. I'll be back tomorrow at 5 a.m. Tune in to the Morning Roast right now.